Amen. Before we get into the uh, sermon this uh, morning, let me just begin by saying thank you <clears throat> to all of you who have helped make this uh, day possible. We've got volunteers everywhere, grilling and usher, a safety team, and uh, folding bulletins. And uh, you know, I can't even name all, all the volunteers, but we appreciate all of you and, and the music, the orchestra, and the, the choir. They did a wonderful job, and uh, and that that offertorial. Thank you, thank you, guys. Uh, they they did. Uh, my, my favorite song is It Is Well With My Soul. They did that as an offering. I don't know if they did that for me, but they did a beautiful job uh, with it, and I appreciate uh, them. Of course, today is our Family and Friend Day, and our church is celebrating 13 years of ministry. It's our 13-year anniversary. And uh, in this passage that we are in, 1 Kings chapter number 8, uh, we find Solomon, who is uh, dedicating the temple, the great temple that he has built, of course, uh, unto the Lord. The building of the temple began as a plan from his father, David. David began to acquire the materials needed, but of course, it wasn't until Solomon became king that they began to build it. In verse number 54, I'd like to notice the Bible says this, and it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer, so of course, uh, this is a very long chapter, but from verses 1 pretty much to verse 54, we have this great prayer from Solomon, this uh, prayer of dedication. And the Bible tells us that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees and his hands spread up to heaven. And I'm not necessarily preaching on that, but I just want you to see that, that picture of Solomon uh, at the on the porch of the great temple there in Jerusalem with the entire nation of Israel, the congregation before him, praying this dedicatory prayer with his knees kneeling as a king. This would be something that would be very odd, but the king of Israel kneeling before the temple of the Lord with his hands spread up to heaven, showing his humility before the Lord. The Bible says in verse 55, and he stood and blessed the congregation of Israel with a loud voice saying, so now he he finishes his prayer, and now he turns his direction to the children of Israel. He says there in verse, the Bible says in verse 55 that he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he promised. And again, I'm not preaching on this, but I want you to notice this, just, this chapter is just filled with these beautiful phrases. He says, There hath not failed one word of all his good promise. And Solomon could say that in his day, and we could say that as well today. Praise the Lord for the King James Bible. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. I'd like to skip down to verse 59. Notice what he says, And let these my words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servants and the cause of his people Israel at all times, as the matter shall require. And in verse 60 is really the verse that I want to point you too, and I want to focus on this morning. In verse 60, we find this little statement. It says that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. And what Solomon is saying here in this chapter is that the reason why he built the temple, the reason why the children of Israel put in the work and the energy and the effort and began to endeavor to build this temple, he said the, the reason that they built the temple was that all the people of the earth may know. They wanted the temple to be a testimony that would 
be a witness to all, not just the nation of Israel, but to all nations, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. Years ago, we took this little phrase that all the earth may know as a sort of a theme here for our church. It's written actually in our backdrop. If you notice the backdrop behind me, it's got a picture of the globe and it says that all the earth may know. We have this here to remind us that this is a goal of ours. This is a theme of ours. And like Solomon, we could say that we began this church and we began alongside co-laboring with God to build this church. And one of our goals was that all the earth may know. And what's interesting is that this phrase is highlighted throughout the Bible. In fact, even in the same passage, if you look at verse 43, you find a different version of the same statement stated. Notice it in verse 43, 1 Kings 8, 43. The Bible says, Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for. Notice what he says there in verse 43, That all the people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have builded is called by my name. I want you to notice that in verse 60, he says that all the people of the earth may know. In verse 43, he said that all the people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee, as do thy people Israel, that they may know that this house which I have builded is called by thy name. And I'd like you to keep your place there in 1 Kings chapter number 8. That is our text for this morning. But I'd like you to go, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 18. You're there in 1 Kings chapter 8. Flip over a few chapters over to chapter 18. And like I said, Solomon is stating that the reason that they took, the reason that they put the energy, the effort to build this temple, is that all the earth may know. And the reason that we've taken that as a theme for our church, I would say that it is the same reason why we started this church, why we are building this church. Of course, Solomon was building the temple, which in the Old Testament was the house of God. In the New Testament, we know the Bible says, you go to 1 Kings 18, but 1 Timothy 3.15 says that the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Today, in the New Testament, the church uh, is the house of God. And for the same reason that Solomon would say they built that house that all the earth may know, uh, we would say that we have uh, attempted and endeavored to build this house, not this building, but this house of believers that all the earth may know. And again, this is reiterated. This statement in one form or another, not word for word, but in one shape or another, is found throughout the Bible. I'd like to just by way of introduction give you uh, a few of those highlights. And we saw it in 1 Kings chapter number 8, but I'd like you to notice in 1 Kings chapter number 18. Now in 1 Kings 18, if you're familiar with the book of 1 Kings, you know that this is another famous passage. And of course in 1 Kings 18, we find the great prophet Elijah, who is now on Mount Carmel, and he's having the great showdown with the prophets of Baal. And uh, they're trying to call upon their perspective gods. Of course, he's calling upon the God of the Bible to rain fire down from heaven. And in 1 Kings 18 and verse 36, the Bible says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And I want you to remember that we're jumping into the story. And if you're not familiar with it, uh, Elijah challenges the 400 prophets of Baal 
and 450 other prophets and, and things uh, to this showdown, and they say, we're going to see who is the true God. You pray to your God, I'll pray to the God of the Bible, we're going to uh, make these altars, and the God that answers by fire, then we'll know that he is the God. And if you know the story, you know that the prophets of Baal, up to this point in verse 36, they've been uh, having this worship service, and they've been cutting themselves, and singing, and dancing, and chanting, they've been doing all these things, and, and fire has not fell, and Elijah's even mocking them at this point, and saying, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe your God is busy. Maybe uh, he can't hear you. Maybe he's uh, away on a trip. And, and now it's Elijah's turn. And, we, and you know the story that you know, Elijah is going to pray this prayer and then fire will come down from heaven. God will answer the prayer of Elijah and show himself to be God to the children of Israel. And of course, you know that Elijah will then kill the false prophets of Baal. In 1 Kings 18, in verse 36, the Bible says this, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, he's already set up the altar. If you know the story, he's drenched it with water. He's done all sorts. He rebuilt the altar, drenched it with water. He's done all these things. And now he's going to have a simple prayer. He's going to say a very short prayer in which God will call down, uh, bring fire from heaven. But I want you to notice the prayer that Elijah says. The Bible says there in verse 36, and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Look at verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. I want you to notice that Elijah praise this prayer. And like Solomon, who prayed that all the people of the earth may know, Elijah's praying this prayer and asking God that he would answer that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. Uh, Keep your place there in 1 Kings if you would. Go to the book of Exodus in the, uh, towards the beginning of the Old Testament. You've got the book of Genesis, the first book, and then you've got the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 10. Keep your place in 1 Kings. We're going to come back there. Exodus chapter 10, if you would. I just want to show you that this phrase, that all the people of the earth may know, that all the earth may know, it's found reiterated, changed a little bit uh, uh, in, in different places, but the same idea, the same concept. We see that Elijah said it when he faced off with the prophets of Baal, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. We saw that Solomon said it at the dedication of the temple, that the people of the earth may know uh, uh, that you are the Lord. Notice in Exodus chapter 10, Exodus chapter 10, we again have a very famous portion of scripture where uh, Moses is going to lead or has led the children of Israel uh, through the Red Sea. Notice Exodus 10 and verse 1, and the Lord said unto Moses, go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him, and that thou mayest tell it in the ears of thy sons and of thy sons' sons, what things I have wrought in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them. Notice what God says to uh, Moses. He says, uh, I want you to do these things. I want you to perform these signs. You know the story of Moses where he goes down and you've got the 10 plagues and you've got all those things. And notice the last part of verse 2, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. He said, the reason that I'm going to do these things, the reason I'm going to deliver you from the nation of Israel is that ye may know how that I am the Lord. Go to Joshua chapter 4, if you would. Joshua 4, you're there in Exodus. You go past Leviticus, past Numbers, past Deuteronomy, into the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 4, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua chapter 4, look at verse 23. Joshua 4, 23. And here's the passage where they're crossing the Jordan River. 
Joshua 4.23, notice what the Bible says, For the Lord your God, this is Joshua speaking, dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Notice what Joshua says to the children of Israel, verse 24, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that ye might fear the Lord your God forever and ever. And I'm just highlighting for you this morning that this is a phrase This is a thought that is reiterated throughout the Bible. This idea that God desires that all the nations of the earth would know. That God desires that all the people of the earth uh, would know. Do me a favor. Keep your place right there in Joshua. Just put a ribbon or a bookmark or something there. Go back to 1 Kings if you would. Keep your place in Joshua. Go back to 1 Kings uh, chapter number 8. I'd like to, as quickly as I can this morning, just give you a couple of thoughts regarding this idea that all the earth may know. And this concept that all the earth may know, 1 Kings chapter 8. And the first thing I'd like to say is this, and if, and if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes, on the back of your course of the week, there's a place for you to write down um, some things. If you'd like to write things down, uh, you can write this down. Here's the first thought. Like Solomon with the temple, we build today that all the earth may know. We have built this church, we've built, and of course we know that Jesus builds the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The book of Acts tells us that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. But Paul also said that he saved some. And Paul said that we co-labor with the Lord and we're laboring together with God. And the reason that we decided 13 years ago to plant this church, to start this church, to build this church, to, uh, to and, we, and again, we started in a living room with a handful of people. And I would say, and I'm not comparing our church to the temple of the Old Testament in any way, shape, or form, but I would say this, that in the same way that Solomon built his house uh, for the Lord in the Old Testament that all the earth may know, is the same reason why we build this house of the Lord today in the New Testament that all the earth may know. And I want to highlight for you that we have built a church here. We have built a, uh, a church that can be a place uh, that will help you witness for God. One of the emphasis, you say, why would you take the theme that all the earth may know? One of the emphasis of our church is the fulfilling of the Great Commission. It's soul winning. The idea that we would go out and that we would uh, preach the word and that we would preach the Bible. The reason that we uh, sent an evangelist out to the Philippines uh, to start uh, three churches. And he's got more plans for more churches uh, to come. The reason we would do these things, why? Is because we have a goal that all the earth may know. We build a church here that it might be a witness for others. Are you there in 1 Kings 8? Notice what Solomon said about the temple. We already saw that he said that they built that all the people of the earth may know. In verse 41, the Bible says this. This is what Solomon said. He said, Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel. Because he's been talking about the children of Israel. They built this temple for the children of Israel. But now he says, what about the people that aren't part of the nation of Israel? He says, moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy uh, name's sake, for they shall hear of thy great name and of thy strong hand and of thy stretched out arm when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth 
uh, to thee for, that all the people of the earth may know thy name, to fear thee, as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I've built it is called by thy name. I don't want you to miss the fact that Solomon said, look, he says in verse 43, that when the stranger calleth to thee, when the stranger calls upon thee, we want you to hear that prayer. Why? That all the people of the earth may know. What is it that we do when we go out soul winning, when we knock doors, when we preach the gospel? We're teaching people to call upon the name of the Lord. We're teaching them to call upon the Lord in faith, believing and putting their trust for salvation. You say, why would we do that? That all the people of the earth may know. See, one of our goals here is that we would fulfill the Great Commission. Mark sixteen fifteen says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've built a church here to be a witness. We built a church here to train witnesses, to train soul winners. One of our goals and one of our themes is that all the earth may know. And, and, and if I may, I'd just like to take uh, to today maybe a little different of a sermon. Uh, usually here we go verse by verse, chapter by chapter through books of the Bible or sermon series and things like that. Maybe just uh, because it's our anniversary, if I may uh, give a little bit of a testimony to the outreach of this church. And, and, and first, locally. You know, this, this week, I, I, could, I could tell you story after story, and I'm not going to, and I could tell you lots of old stories and great stories. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But, 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 but just this week, just this week, this week uh, leading up to Family and Friend Day, we had a soul-winning push. And we had soul-winning on, on Thursday night, and we had uh, 71 soul winners come out. And again, soul winning is when we go out in the community, we knock doors, we invite people to church, we preach the gospel to anyone who's, who's interested. We had 71 soul winners out on Thursday and 78 soul winners, I think, on, on, on Friday. We had 121 or something on, on, on Saturday morning. And just this week, I'm not telling you three months ago or six months ago or anything like that. Just this week, my wife, she was out soul winning. I think she was out with Miss Ajana. And they met a guy in his early 20s. And uh, he, he, they asked him the questions, you know for sure if you died today, if you're on your way to heaven. He said, yes. They asked him, how do you know that? What gives you that confidence? And he gave him very clear testimony of salvation. I mean, very clear. He said, you know, it's by faith. It's not of works. It's, I called upon Jesus to save me. They asked him, do you believe there's anything you do that caused you to lose your salvation? He said, absolutely not. It's, I believe in eternal security. Once you're saved, you're always saved. They're like, oh, this is really interesting. And then he, he says, you know, I, I used to come to your church. <laughs> And, 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 and he's this 20-year-old kid, and he's like, yeah, my mom used to, uh, maybe like six or seven years ago, we used to, we went to your church, and I, I was just a little kid, but, but uh, I got saved there, and, he, and he's reiterating this. And then the, the next day, my wife was out, again, or maybe the day before that, my wife was out with Miss, Miss Tan, and uh, they, were, they, they knocked on the door, and, and this older lady uh, comes out, and she, she was moving. But again, she gave a clear testimony of salvation, clear testimony of salvation. And, and they're saying, oh, well, you know, we realize you're moving. And she told them, I'm moving to Michigan. And they said, we realize you're moving. Uh, we'd love for you to come and visit while you're here. But, but, but maybe when you, when, when you leave, you know, you can still maybe watch online and, and things. And, and she said, no, uh, I, I don't go to church, but I do watch online. And they're like, oh, okay, you watch sermons online? They're like, no, no, I watch this church online. Or you watch our church. Yeah, Verity Baptist Church. I watch this pastor online. And, and, and again, I would just testify. Brother Serge and I were out so many. I, again, this is just this week. We knocked on the door. Lady opens the door. I said, hi, we're from Verity Baptist Church. She said, oh, you talked to my husband two years ago. You, you, I met him somewhere, and you talked to him, and she calls her husband, and he comes out, and he's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, we kind of reconnect. I say, well, we'd love to see you again. Just yesterday, my dad and I were out knocking doors, soul winning. 
Knocked on the door. Filipino man opened the door. Started inviting him to church, talking about family and friend day. And he said, yeah, I was there for Easter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you that we decided 13 years ago to start a church that all the earth may know, and that would include locally, not just globally. That would include our Jerusalem, not just Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. But I want to testify to you today that there are people all over the city who are saved because of the fact that a little church decided that they wanted all the earth to know. They began with their community, knocking doors and preaching the gospel. But I want you to know that it's not, it's not just locally, it's globally. All over, I mean, every week we get emails here from all over the world, people telling us they're watching the sermons and they got saved and they're learning, they're growing. My wife and I just, I don't know, five, a week ago or 10 days ago, we just got back from the UK, spent 11 days in the UK uh, doing a, an ordination and, 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 and soul winning marathon and, and, and things of that nature. And, and, and while we were there, while, while I was preaching in the UK, I mean, we had people from all over England, but we had people from Budapest and from Romania, from, from Hungary and from, from Switzerland, from Scotland, from Ireland. There's a guy there uh, from Ireland in, in the United Kingdom. He's from Ireland, but he was in, in in England, and he said, yeah, I, I, I'm actually just working here, but I saw that you were preaching, so I drove all the way out uh, on a Sunday night, uh, or I think it was a Wednesday night for the sermon, and I'm just telling you that this church has made an impact Amen. throughout the earth, Amen. and I praise God for that. I think it's amazing. I remember one time I was out soul winning. This, you know, these things, you, can't, you can make this stuff up, I, I think it's amazing. I was out knocking doors, and I knock on a door, nobody answers, and I start to leave, and as I'm, as I'm walking out the door, the car pulls up. And you soul winners, you know how awkward that is. You know, you're walking out the door and the call, car pulls up. So I'm, I'm kind of just waiting there. And the guy pulls up in his truck and he, and, and I kind of pull out the invitation. I'm like, hi, we're coming very fast. And the guy, when he was pulling up, he was holding his phone. Like he was, he was like listening to something or watching something as he's driving. And he, he's dr- pulling up. And I can tell that he stops and he's looking at his phone and he's looking at me. And I'm like, Verity Baptist Church, you know. He rolls down his window. I'm like, hi, we're coming from Verity Baptist Church. He said, I know who you are. I said, really? He's like, yeah, I'm watching you. <laughs> and, and he shoots, he, he puts his and I'm on his phone. He's like, somebody sent me this link and told me to watch this video. And I'm like, this is a sign. <laughs> By the way, he got saved. And, and I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, one of the goals of this church has been and always will be that all the earth may know. Locally, globally. The last 13 years, of course, my wife and I started this church. This is a church plant that we began. But here in the United States, we started a church in Vancouver, Washington, that right now is averaging, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 in attendance. The church in Vancouver itself has started multiple churches. Started a church in Boise, Idaho. Started a church in Fresno, California. We sent out Brother Stucky to the Philippines, and it's just taken over, you know, that part of the world. He started a church in Manila and Pampanga and Bicol. There's plans for a church in, in, in Poland and, and, and in other places of, 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 of the world. And I'm just telling you, and we're not done. We're just getting started. We have not yet begun to fight. But I would say to you this morning that like Solomon, we have chosen to build this place, to build this temple that all the earth may know, locally and globally, through church plans. And many of you know, and if you're a guest, if you're a guest here this morning, you may not know this, but we want you to know this, that in about four weeks, we will be getting the keys to our new location. We just purchased a four-acre property with a 400-seat auditorium. 
literally just down the street, if you go past the freeway, if you know where the Starbucks is, right across the street from Starbucks, there's a beautiful church building, um, which will be the new home of Verity Baptist Church soon. And I'm thankful for that. You know, if you would have told me that we own four acres of property in a 400 seat auditorium, when we started 13 years ago in our living room with a handful of people, I would have told you you're crazy. And, and you say, what do you plan to do with 400 seats? I plan to fill them. We plan to reach people. We plan to get people saved. But, but please understand, you say, why do you want to fill an auditorium? Well, we'll get to that here in a minute. But not, not, just to, not just to have bodies and seats, but it's about life transformation. But let me just say this, that one of the reasons we want to reach more people is so that we can train more people to reach more people. So that we can train more men to go out into the ministry, to go out into the mission field. Because our goal is that all the earth may know. And though I'm excited for the fact that we're going to have maybe a 400-seat auditorium that will allow us to sit more than, than, than we have here this morning, I would say this. Let's never forget that the greatness of our church will not be measured by our seating capacity, but by our sending capacity. By the capacity that we have to train people and to send them out, whether it's locally in the community or globally that all the earth may know. That's the goal of this church. I would say to you this morning that like Solomon, we build that all the earth may know. We built this church as a witness and as a place that would bring witnessing to this community. And to Jerusalem, not just Jerusalem, but Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. But I will also say this. We've not only built this church that it might be a witness, but we have built this church to help your walk with God. Amen. Why don't you notice what Solomon says there in verse 57, 1 Kings eight fifty-seven? He said, the, the Lord our God be with us. That's just a beautiful statement right there. As he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us, nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts unto him. I, I, just love, I just love all these statements. That he may incline our hearts unto him. You say, why would you build a church? Why would you train a hundred soul winners to go out every week in the community? Why would you have a big day like this and send mailers out and, and, and do these things and try to get people here uh, and, 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 and give them gifts and mugs and, and, and food afterwards? You know, all of that is partly because we want to see God do a work in you that he might incline our hearts unto him. To walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers, and let these my words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of thy servant and the cause of thy people Israel at all times as the matter shall require. Verse 60, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. If you kept your place in Joshua... Keep, keep your place there in, in, in 1 Kings, but if, if you kept your place in Joshua, go back to Joshua, and right before Joshua, you have the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 4. And if you are a guest here this morning, let me just say this to you. Our church doesn't put on much of a show as far as, you know, lasers and smoke machines and rock concerts. You can find that. You just won't find that here. But if you're looking for a church that will teach you the Word of God... You're looking for a church that'll teach you line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. See, we have this belief that the Word of God can transform your life. 
That when you understand the Bible and you understand what the Bible says and when you understand what God expects of you and when you begin to apply that to your life, it'll have a transformation on your marriage. It'll have a transformation with your child rearing. It'll, it'll transform every aspect of your life. We have built this place to be a place where lives can be transformed. And I wish I could take the time and I won't because I don't want to take the time and I don't want to give out people's personal details. But I wish I could take the time to tell you the stories of the transformed lives of this church. The people that showed up here. Not saved, but not saved was only one of their problems. The people that have overcome addictions, the marriages that have been restored, the, 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 the people whose lives literally have been transformed. Not because we're special, or because, but because the Word of God is special. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 5, don't you notice what Deuteronomy says, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 5, Moses said, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments. Moses, the leader of the children of Israel, the book of Acts calls them the congregation in the wilderness, the church in the wilderness. And he's kind of speaking to them as a pastor. He says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do so in the land wherein you go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them. He's saying, look, it's not just enough to have the Bible. You need to keep it. You need to do it. You need to apply it. Keep, therefore, and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is wise and uh, is a wise and understanding people. Notice verse 7. This is what, what Moses is saying. Moses is saying that the other people, the other nations, should look at the nation of Israel and the impact that the Word of God has had on their lives, and they should say, for what nation is there so great who have God so nigh unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things that we shall call upon Him. And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? This would be my prayer for Verity Baptist Church, that people would say, who, who are these people? And look, your co-workers, they may not agree with you. And they might think you're a little odd. And they might call you a, a Bible thumper. But, but, but the goal is that there would be such a transformation in your life that, that they would say, though, I, I don't want to go to church like he goes to church and I don't want to be as radical as he's radical. If my marriage could be like his marriage. If, if my children could be like their children. Man, I, your, your neighbors and your friends and your co-workers and your family, they should be able to watch you uh, through the trials of life, through the heartaches of life, through the storms of life, and say, they've got something that I, I don't have. We have built this church to be a place where lives can be transformed, where you can be taught how to walk with God. That are that all the earth may know. That all the earth may know. So I would say to you this morning that like Solomon, we have built this house that all the earth may know. But that's not the only application I'd like to make this morning if you'd allow me to. I'd like you to go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17. If you kept your place in 1 Kings, if you go backwards, you go past the book of 2 Samuel into the first book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17. And in 1 Samuel 17, you again find probably one of the most famous passages in Scripture. It's the story of David and Goliath. 
And David, of course, is the father of Solomon years and years before Solomon was ever even thought of. And I want you to notice that in this famous story of David and Goliath, we have this young man, and you know the story. Goliath is a seasoned warrior, is a giant. No, he's challenging the children of Israel to a battle, and no one will do battle with him. And here comes this lad, David, and he says, I'll fight you. And you know the story. Saul, Saul tries to give him his armor. He says, I can't fight with this armor. I've not tried this armor. I want you to notice in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, the Bible says, Then said David to the Philistine. Again, we're kind of jumping in the middle of the story, but the Philistine has been mocking David, and he said, Am I a dog? Why are you sending this child to fight with me? Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. And and the idea that David is saying is this, if it was all about swords and spears and shields, if it was all about strength and physical ability, then I would understand why it is that you are mocking the fact that I'm coming to you. But he said, what you don't understand, Goliath, is that thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day, David says, this day, this young Vlad says to this giant, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hands, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that they might say that David is a great warrior. Is that what he said? That they might say that David is an amazing, skilled fighter. Is that what he said? No, he said that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I wonder if Solomon was so impressed with this statement to bring it up over and over in 1 Kings 8 because he heard the stories of his father phasing off Goliath saying that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And I would say to you this morning that we build like Solomon that all the earth may know. But I would also say this, that we battle. We battle like David with Goliath that all the earth may know. And when we battle, of course, we're talking about spiritual warfare. You don't have to turn here, but in Ephesians 6.12, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not talking about physical fighting, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. When we're talking about battling in in, in a Christian aspect, we're talking about spiritual warfare. And let, let me tell you something. There is a thing as spiritual warfare. There is a devil and there are demons that fight us. And I I want you to understand that we build that all the earth may know, like Solomon, but we battle that all the earth may know, like David. And like David, I want to say that we fight for the glory of God. He said, I'm going to fight you, Goliath. I'm going to uh, take off your head. The Lord will deliver thee into mine hand. He says that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. And, you know, we've had some fights. We've had some battles. When you preach the whole counsel of God, you can't but help it. Because the world hates the Bible. Back in 2016, I was thinking about this because Brother Stucky being here brought back PTSD from, from those days. He was on staff when, back in 2016, I preached against the LGBT 
and uh, that sermon went viral. And, and let me tell you something, all the earth knew. And I mean, that, 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 that sermon went mega viral. And uh, I, I remember uh, my, my wife's brother, my brother-in-law, was uh, working for the Navy back then. And uh, he, he was working in the Bahamas. He was living in the Bahamas, working in the Bahamas for the Navy. And he called my wife and said, I just saw your husband on the news, you know. And, 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 and her sister, my wife's sister, who lived in Tennessee at the time, uh, she went into work and, and a co-worker said, have you seen this, t- this preacher on TV? And, and she didn't know it was me. And they told her, you know, what, what I'd said. And, and, she, and she, she, didn't, she didn't know it was me, but she told her co-worker, said, I agree with that preacher. He's right. And she didn't know. And later she found out it was, it was, it was me. It was a brother-in-law. And I remember Pastor Thompson, this was before he was a pastor, uh, he, he called me, and I, I don't know if, I don't remember if he worked in Portland or Vancouver up, up there, but he, he called me and said, I just walked into uh, the break room, and I saw you on TV, you know. And, and look, we've had the LA Times here, and, and we've had uh, all sorts of uh, uh, publicity, if you want to call it that. And of course, they lie, and they take things out of context and, and, and all of that. But let me tell you something. I stand with the Word of God even out of context, and I believe everything the Bible says. And I, I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm not embarrassed about it. And, and don't, don't, you know, don't let the beautiful orchestra and the beautiful choir and, and the, the chandeliers or whatever, don't, don't let this fool you. We're, we're ghetto around here. <laughs> when it comes to the Bible, we'll take our gloves off and we'll fight. Yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about physically, I'm, although we got a safety team with guns too, so don't, you know, don't try that either. I'm saying spiritually, you say, why do you fight? We fight for the glory of God. We, we have, yes, we've built a church here that all the earth may know. We are building to witness and we are building to transform lives. And yes, it is true that 13 years ago, a, a 24-year-old or 25-year-old, I don't remember how old I was. My wife and I were 24 or 25 years old. She would remember. And 13 years ago, we, these 25-year-olds started a church in their living room, and honestly, probably, I, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, but we just started knocking doors. And we just started preaching the gospel to people. And we just started asking people, do you know for sure if you died today if you're on your way to heaven? Can we show you how you can know for sure? And some of those people got saved, and some of those people came to church, and some of those people got baptized, and some of those people, we began to teach them and to disciple them and to help them grow. Some of those people uh, began to grow, and that's how this thing started. We did this that all the church may go, that all the earth may know, but we also did it to preach the whole counsel of God. That there would be a church somewhere in this world that would preach the Bible unashamedly and without compromise. Because let's be honest, the average church today gives you an hour and 15 minutes of a rock concert with the laser beams and the smoke machines. You get a 15-minute sermon with one verse if you're lucky. And look, I'm just telling you, we have built a place here. And I understand that Verity Baptist is not for everybody. You need to be committed to be part of this thing. This This is a big boy church. You want a play center, we can find you a play center where they play games. We have built that all the earth may know, and we have battled that all the earth may know. Let me tell you something. The battles will continue to come, and we will continue to battle. We will fight for the glory of God. Let me say this as well, if you don't mind. Go to 
Isaiah 37, if you would, from the center of the Bible. We're almost done. From the center of the Bible, you have the book of Psalms. Right after Psalms, you have Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Then you have Isaiah. Isaiah is the big book towards the end of the Old Testament, the first of the big major prophets, Isaiah 37. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. We fight for the glory of God. But let me say this, we also fight relying on God. I want you to notice the story here. First Samuel 37, we have King Hezekiah, who's in the midst of a fight. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, has came against the children of Israel, and things look dire. We have this beautiful prayer, and again, the, 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 the passage is, is just this beautiful prayer where Hezekiah takes this letter from Sennacherib, and he lays it before the Lord, and he begins to pray unto God. And in Isaiah 37, 17, he says this to the Lord. He says, Incline thine ear, O Lord, and hear. Open thine eyes, O Lord, and see and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and all their countries. Because Sennacherib sends Hezekiah this letter, and he says, Why, don't, don't try to fight us. We've, we've won every battle. We've beat everybody else. You're not going to be any different. And here he says, Of a truth, verse 18, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations of the country and have cast their uh, gods into the fire. For they were no gods but the work of men's hand, wood and stone. Therefore, they have destroyed them. And I want you to notice verse 20. He says, Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from from his hand. Notice what he says. You say, why should he save you? He says, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord. Even now. And I'll tell you that in the last 13 years, there have been times. There have been times when my wife and I, we thought, okay, it's over now. I mean, there have been times when we thought, we're through. There there, there are times, I mean, there are times when I sat in that chair right there and I thought to myself, this thing is just falling apart. (laughs) There's no way we're going to survive this. There's no, no way that God is going to see us through. But let me tell you something. God has seen us through every time. Amen. And it's funny because we knock doors. As we knock doors, people, you know, with the notoriety, I, I don't consider myself famous, but I am infamous in some ways. <laughs> and sometimes people, you know, they, they'll stop me at the store and say, hey, I support you. And, and, and sometimes people don't. Uh, usually, they don't say that to me. But the second I were just talking about that soul winning, you know, our soul winners will be the ones that people are like, you're a pastor, I don't agree with your pastor. You know, they've never said it to me. I don't know why. I guess they think, you know, I'm crazy or something. But God has seen us through. God has seen us through every time. And there have been times when we have said, save us, save us, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord. And sometimes people, you know, people say, they'll see us out in the community, and they're like, you guys are still around? I was like, yeah, we're still around. We're growing. Amen. You know, one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to moving into this new building because all these people, you know, your church is not going to survive. Your church is going to shut down your church. Hey, God has seen us through. Amen. Not for our glory, not for my glory, not for your glory, but that all the earth like Solomon, we build. 
that all the earth may know. Like David, we fight, we battle, that all the earth may know. I'd like you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Romans, if you would. Romans chapter number one. We're almost done. In the New Testament, you've got the book of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. Romans chapter number one. And the point that I'm making is a simple point, is this. That we have built, we have built a house where people are trained and sent out locally as soul winners, globally as preachers. We've done that that all the earth may know. We have built a church where you come and get fed the word of God, get taught the word of God, and you may not like what I have to say, but you won't leave here scratching your head wondering what I was trying to say. We teach the word of God without apology. We teach the word of God without watering it down. And if you apply it, it will transform your life. We built a church that can help you walk with God. You say, why? That all the earth may know. And we have battled for the glory of God and relying on God that all the earth may know. And because of the building of this church and because of the battling of this church here for the last 13 years, I can truly say of Verity Baptist Church what Paul said of the church at Rome in Romans chapter 1 and verse 8. I'd like you to notice it. Romans 1, 8, he says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. And then he says this, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Amen. And I believe that this can be applied to Verity Baptist Church. After 13 years of ministry, I can say to Verity Baptist Church, your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Because we have built and we have battled that all the earth may know. I've asked Brother Andrew to come to the piano. There's a chorus we sing around here. You know it. It's called, That All the Earth May Know. And I know you don't have it in front of you. We sang it last week. But I'd like for us to sing it. I thought it'd be a good way to kind of end the sermon this morning. It's a short chorus. And like I said, I know you don't have the words in front of you. And I think most of you know it. So why don't we sing it? And if you know it, sing it out. Help me. If you don't know it, let's learn it together. Together, It's a short one that all the earth may know. Let's sing it out together. That all the earth may know that all the earth may know with the gospel of Christ we must go that all the earth may know my my prayer for this church has been and will continue to be that we would continue to build and we would continue to battle that all the earth may know i hope you'll have the same prayer as well let's sing it again one more time would you mind let's just slow it down let's slow it down just a tad bit i want you to sing it sing it like a great army that all the earth may know good that all the earth may know with the gospel
gospel of Christ we must go. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do love you. Lord, I thank you for this church. Thank you for the blessing it's been to me, to my family, and to this community. And Father, I pray that you would help us to continue to build. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to continue to battle that all the earth may know. Lord, I thank you for 13 years of ministry. I pray you'd give us many more. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have Brother Matt come up and lead us in a final song. Just want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, I want to invite all of you to stick around for lunch after the service in our fellowship hall. We're going to sing a song. When we're done singing, we'll uh, be dismissed. I'll ask Brother Matt to pray a blessing 